everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Family Minister at St. Paul's Cathedral. And Charlotte is on vacation this week. We're hoping she's having a great time wherever she is. Who knows where that is? <laughs> but uh, Maya, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. So exciting that you're here. Would you just update the people on what you're doing? What is happening in your life? You know, everybody wants to know. Everybody wants Mm -hmm. to know. Well, oh, you know, ministry and things. So it's exciting because we're beginning that super fun transition process into maybe perhaps, hopefully, wow, amazing, reopening in person Mm -hmm. and all that. So it's awesome. So cool. And you are also in school. Would you tell everybody where you are in school, what year, what you're doing in school? Yeah, so I'm a junior at San Diego State University, and I'm majoring in religious studies and minoring in social work. So it's the last month. It's kind of crazy. So Maya, as you know, uh, every week we like to ask our guest and guest hosts uh, where they saw God this past week. So I leave the question to you. Where did you see God in this last week of your life? On the number 20 bus southbound well, and northbound, frankly. Um, so for those that know me, I'm really into public transit and um, very much in support of all of that. And I had gone over a year without taking the bus. And the bus that I used to take every single day was the 20 mm-hmm. from Ranch Pinasquitos and where I live. And so I got to take the 20 for the first time on Monday. And there's just something really, um, I feel like inherently sacred about, I don't know, like all these random people that at a certain moment in time from completely different walks of life, just get, getting on a bus and going on a journey together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird, I guess. But I just, it was exhilarating and it made me feel really good. I feel like that is I feel like that is church. Like just random like I feel like that about church is that it's a group of people mm-hmm. that other than this one thing that we all do together, we might never talk to one another or see one another. Potentially. You know. Right. And we're all in this vessel going and doing what we need to do, but we all have this one thing in common. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We're all on a um, journey. And I like to pray over the people that, you know enter the bus and like whatever they're going off to do, which there's an infinite amount of possibility what these people are going to do that, you know, that they are blessed Mm -hmm. and all of that in that journey. So it's, it's, I love it. Yeah. So cool. So cool. All right. Well, we would love to hear from you. We want to know where you saw God this past week. Uh, You can always email us, including any of your uh, reflections or questions or stories from your week of faith discussion, you can email faith to go at edsd.org. You can also always contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org, or you can uh, contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faith to go. And like every week, we're going to get into the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, which is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. It is, uh, Easter 3, for those keeping up with their liturgical calendars. Maya is going to read the gospel, and then I'll give some context, and we'll each share a point. And we've got a, a shared point for the third point as well. So Maya is going to read the gospel. 
which is Luke 24, 36b to 48. Jesus himself stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Well, in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. All right. So we last week heard the one of the resurrection appearance stories. Uh, from John's gospel and then this week we get a version from Luke's gospel very similar sounding uh, and so it's kind of cool to have these two stories one week after the other because you kind of get to hold them side by side Luke apparently didn't like receive any kind of tradition around Thomas and and like this one specific person's doubt in the midst of this community of people believing that Jesus has been risen Instead, they're all doubting here, which is cool. And uh, the other thing uh, to know about this story is that it comes, it's, this is not like last week's uh, gospel was the first appearance story of Jesus uh, to any of the disciples. Of course, he had appeared to Mary Magdalene first. Uh, this is actually the very last one that happens. And this is only, a, this is the last chapter of Luke's gospel and only, uh, like three verses or four verses left after the end of this story, before the end of Luke's gospel. And so immediately before this story is the story of Jesus appearing to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, two of his followers on the road to Emmaus, another story that we know pretty well. And so the reason that this one starts at 36b, which is halfway through verse 36, is that the first part of verse 36 is, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. So that what they were talking about was these these people that had seen Jesus on the road came back to Jerusalem to where the disciples were to tell them that they had seen Jesus. So they had heard that Jesus had risen from these eyewitnesses, and then this is the story of Jesus actually appearing to them. So that's where we are in the gospel. Uh, so Maya is going to have the first point. So I think something that just stands out in this that really... Uh, stood out to me as the phrase, touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And I think I've tried to take careful um, note of, I don't know, in, in recently, I guess, of Jesus and the body and Christianity and the body hmm. and how Christianity is so, um, you know, it begins and ends, not begins and ends, but like, 
the defining point is the body, mm-hmm. is the human body, mm-hmm. Jesus's human body. And I think, you know, there's been such, especially like post-Reformation, Martin Luther, there's like an extreme dualism between the body and the soul. There's like the flesh and then the spirit. And then the body was seen as, you know, filthy, immoral, sinful, bad, um, especially certain bodies over others. Um, And so I think I feel really called to examine in the scriptures where the body is so prominent Mm -hmm. um, to to call us back to a time in which the body, um, or like, you know, the body is sacred and Mm -hmm. beautiful and hosts the divine and not, you know, this wretched, dirty thing, um, but something to be celebrated. And of course that's Christ's body, um, but of course our own bodies in which Christ dwells. Um, So that's kind of my point. It's kind of more of an observational one more than Mm -hmm. anything. It's like, wow, look how body oriented this is. Um, You know, look at my hands, look at my feet, my flesh and my bones. And the last resurrection story that we read last week of, you know, put your hands in my body. (laughs) Right. In my wounded body. Right. Yeah, and it's amazing. It like if there's if there was ever a time to make Jesus's body not important, it would be after his resurrection. Like you would think, maybe this this like pure spirit version of Jesus is what goes on existing. But the the authors of the gospels, including this story today, make such they make an effort to make it clear that Jesus still has a body. And that Jesus' mm-hmm. body is still an important part of his presence with the disciples and this his ongoing ministry. And this body has been transformed. You know, they don't like Mary doesn't recognize him in the garden necessarily, and it's kind of this incredible trans, transformed body, but it is still earthy. It is still there. It mm-hmm. is still present physically with them. And like you said, John makes it so that it's like, you know, stick your hands stick your fingers in my wounds. And this is like yeah, I'll, could a could a ghost eat? I don't think so. Give me that fish, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I think it's important to to pay attention. Uh, you, you said it. And pay attention to where to where those bodies are because we have this theology. We we are a, Christianity is founded on a theology of incarnation, you know, of mm-hmm. God's indwelling in flesh, in bodies, you know, and that this resurrected Jesus still has a body and that that is important, you know? Yeah. And ultimately we can't know God without bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that bodies are good and beautiful. and, And I think that kind of goes, that goes to my point because it, it is about how Jesus is, is present and, and carries his experiences, the his embodied experiences with him into these encounters and how those embodied experiences create space for revelation for the people that he is with. And we, you know, this, there are, there are similar themes happening in this story and in the story just before this in Luke's gospel about the road to Emmaus, because in that story, it also these two, these two people that have encountered Jesus, 
as soon as they recognize that it is Jesus, Jesus disappears. But in their kind of processing of that event, they say, oh my gosh, didn't we feel our, our hearts burning when he was opening the scriptures up to us? That's from the road to Emmaus. And then today it says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and this, that, and the other thing. So I'm just, I think it's this cool way that Jesus is is teaching us and and opening us up to the reality that that this the disciples the disciples knew the scriptures right i mean they jesus wasn't telling them anything they didn't know about the the words and the stories and the prophecies found in the hebrew bible but what the but the disconnect was that the thing that opened it up to them was him sharing his experience, his physical experience with them and interpreting the scriptures in light of that experience. And that that is what led them to revelation, that that is what led them to a deeper understanding of what the scriptures have been trying to say. And that that process is not just true for Jesus in this moment, but for every person in every moment that is trying to, wrestle with and interpret and understand scripture so that scripture by itself in a vacuum removed from experience is kind of uh, doesn't make any sense (laughs) you know it's like that that our as much as jesus's words here unlock scripture for the people around him our sharing of our experience in light of scripture unlocks those scriptures for us and for the people around us so that we can't just we can't just go around repeating scripture 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 verse to people without also sharing next to it our experience and how we experience that verse of scripture through the lens of of the experiences we have had so so i think it's i think that it's kind of I think it's kind of countercultural in, in the way that we often think of our experiences kind of like taking a back seat are this kind of lived embodied reality taking a back seat to the truths of scripture but like Jesus is saying the truths of his life had to be read alongside the truths of scripture and they opened up they they revealed things about one another to the people that had that that cared about them the most and to the people that were with Jesus in that moment so it's just a little bit of of um encouragement you know to to live into that kind of that reality that our experiences are important just like Maya said our bodies are important and our are the experiences that we have in these bodies are important just as important as the truths of scripture are the truths that we carry with us in our bodies well and i think that aligns obviously so well with like anglican theology mm-hmm. and the three-legged stool idea of like was it richard hooker whoever who mm-hmm. said that you know, the authority of our faith is scripture, tradition, and reason Mm -hmm. in a balance. And like a three-legged stool, you can't have, they need to be balanced and even. Right. Um, And so, yeah, there is definitely, I think this might be attributed to perhaps our like obsession with objective truth and uh, literalism and factuality and historicity um, that really kind of diminishes the significance of experience. Mm -hmm. But Nah. nah, pay attention to it. <laughs> I ain't about it. 
Well, and I think that gets that gets that goes well with our our last point that we're kind of uh, collaborating on here, which is uh, this this amazing way that the disciples respond to this kind of crazy thing that's happening in front of them. This kind of unbelievable thing, this that, this idea that Jesus is in fact resurrected and standing in front of them, and in the face of that reality, um, it says, while in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering. And then it's then Jesus responds to them and asks them for fish and tells them about the scriptures. But just to think about how we can hold both the the disciples give us this example of a of of the fact that we are are capable of holding both disbelief and wonder that that to dis, that to not believe something doesn't have to be the end of our dialogue with that thing and so similar to last week when we talked about the disciples holding space for Thomas in his disbelief and Thomas holding space for the disciples in their wonder almost like the disciples are holding space for one another here and within themselves holding this tension of disbelieving what is right in front of their eyes and wondering at the same time how it could be true. So they're trying to work this out, you know, and, and I feel like, I feel like the examples so, so much, there's such a, there's such a, an urgency to come to a conclusion, uh, I think culturally right now. And, and in the polarity of our dialogue with one another, across lines of difference and differing opinion and ideology when we when we disbelieve that's kind of the end of a conversation but what the disciples are modeling here is that to that disbelief can lead to wonder and wonder can lead to the ongoing nature of a conversation and ultimately in this story leads to revelation that they may not have had if they just i don't know shut down this experience when they found it hard to believe something so, and I think that that kind of goes with the embodied thing we're talking about. It goes with the holding our experience in light of scripture kind of thing is like we are holding all these things kind of gently in a, in a sense of wonder. And if we have, if we're very kind of strict about how answers can come to us, they very rarely will. Um, but if we can hold that space, then, then they might. Well, and all those things are process, right? Like, ing like ing as a suffix like indicates uh you know it's a past participle or a present participle so it's like a process Mm -hmm. our bodies are always in a process you know we're aging growing developing and then our experiences are always an ongoing process as we you know continue Mm -hmm. to move around and be in the world and so i think exactly what you were saying that um, just continuing to um be in our bodies to be in our experiences and be active in all of those things and in the process of believing and wondering and faith, doubting, faithing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but that all of these things are always continuous and the, there's multiple tracks on this highway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. I love faithing as an active <laughs> verb, as an ongoing. Faithing to go. As an ongoing, <laughs> faithing to going. Yeah. There uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is our uh, that's our three points for today. Um, number one was <laughs> number one was Maya's, and it was about the body. You know how important uh, Jesus is. Jesus is embodiment and can, an ongoing embodiment. 
post-resurrection is to this story and how that is so important to how he is present with his disciples and how our bodies are important. Um, and they, like Maya said, are how we know God. And they were how the disciples knew Jesus. Um, the second point was mine, and it was about the importance of holding our experiences alongside our understanding of Scripture, just like Jesus is doing here. And, and in holding those things, new, new realities are revealed to us, new truths are revealed to us when we can uh, read, read Scripture through the lens of our experience and understand our experience through the lens of Scripture. And the third point was this beautiful tension of uh, being able to both disbelieve and to wonder, the ongoing nature of disbelieving and wondering that we can enter into that kind of liminal space where we are, we are met with unbelievable truths and still can hold the sense of wonder for how they might be, uh, be true and new things might be revealed to us through them. So having heard uh, those stories, uh, having heard that story and having heard those points, we would love to hear from you. What were the things that jumped out to you? How are you faithing right now? What are your kind of ongoing places of, of disbelief and of wonder? Uh, you can always email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, www.myfaithtogo.org. Or you can contact us through or follow us on Instagram at faithtogo. And that's pretty much it. Maya, thank you so did much. It. You did it. Yeah. Of course, happy to do that. Yes, anytime <laughs> Charlotte wants to go hiking, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> so fun to be back together, the original duo. You won't yeah, be you right. won't be able to find it out there, but there are uh, no, you can on our our on first Spotify, our first seven episodes in this very podcast stream. You can find us just me and Maya. You know, yeah. Maya and me, Maya and me, just like the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks everybody for tuning in this week we'll be back uh, next week for the gospel for Easter 4 and until then we say goodbye bye everybody bye.